George W. Bush is inaugurated in Washington, D.C. for his second term as 43rd President of the United States. First free parliamentary elections in Iraq since 1958 take place. North Korea announces that it possesses nuclear weapons as protection against the hostility it feels from the United States. The internet site YouTube goes online. Wichita, Kansas police apprehend the so-called BTK killer, Dennis Rader, 31 years after his first murder. He subsequently receives 10 consecutive life sentences. United States 11th Circuit Court of Appeals refuses 2-1 to one to order the reinsertion of Terry Schiavo's feeding tube, which eventually leads to her death by starvation. Pope John Paul II dies. Over 4 million people travel to the Vatican to mourn him. Prince Rainier III of Monaco dies. His son Albert II succeeds him. The marriage of Prince Charles and Camilla Parker Bowles takes place after briefly being postponed following the Pope's death. The IRA announces an end to armed conflict and gives up his weapons to independent weapons inspectors. Four explosions, three on the London Underground and one on a bus, rocked the transport network in London, killing 56 and injuring over 700. Disneyland commemorates its 50th anniversary. Same-sex marriage becomes legal in Canada. Lance Armstrong wins a record seventh straight Tour de France before his scheduled retirement. Space Shuttle Discovery is launched on its return-to-flight mission. This is the first space shuttle flight in nearly two and a half years since the breakup of Space Shuttle Columbia. At least 1,836 are killed and severe damage is caused along the U.S. Gulf Coast as Hurricane Katrina strikes coastal areas from Louisiana to Alabama and travels up the entire state of Mississippi, affecting most of eastern North America. Oil prices rise sharply following the economic effects of Hurricane Katrina. U.S. Army Reservist Lindy England is convicted by a military jury on six of seven counts in connection with the Abu Ghraib prisoner abuse scandal. Michelle Jean, born in Haiti, becomes 27th Governor General of Canada and the first black Canadian to hold that position. Controversial drawings of Muhammad are printed in a Danish newspaper. An earthquake in the Kashmir region kills about 80,000 people. Two teenagers fleeing from police accidentally electrocute themselves in Saint-Saint-Denis, Paris, France, leading to several weeks of violence in the impoverished French-Arab and French-African suburbs. Surgeons in France carry out the first human face transplant. Another second is added, called the leap second, to the end of the year. The last time this occurred was on June 30, 1998. Rosa Parks, American civil rights activist, dies. The best record Grammy goes to Green Day with Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Best album goes to U2 for How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. Top five songs according to Billboard are Mariah Carey, We Belong Together, Gwen Stefani, Hollaback Girl, Mario, Let Me Love You, Kelly Clarkson, Since You've Been Gone, and Sierra with One Two Step. The top five albums are 50 Cent, The Massacre, Eminem, Encore, Green Day, American Idiot, Mariah Carey, The Emancipation of Mimi, and Kelly Clarkson, Breakaway. On TV, American Idol dominates, taking the top two spots for its Tuesday and Wednesday night shows, while CSI takes number three, Desperate Housewives number four, and Grey's Anatomy number five. The entertainment community lost the following luminaries. Johnny Carson, Hunter S. Thompson, Eddie Albert, Anne Bancroft, Domino Harvey, Luther Vandross, James Dewan, Long John Baldry, Peter Jennings, Bob Denver, Robert Wise, Don Adams, Pat Morita, and Richard Pryor. It's 2005, and, and this, this is, is Hermophobia.
Welcome to Hermophobia number 23. I'm Alan. And I'm Mark. And we're here to talk about the year 2005. And all of its movies and all kinds of fun stuff. Well, just the movies. Okay, yeah, no fun stuff. No fun stuff. There'll be no fun here. None of you are. No, we'll be quite disciplined and, <laughs> and, and yes, yeah, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> um, any, anything, <laughs> sick fuck. <laughs> uh, anything that you wanted to say up front about 2005? Um, it was so long ago. Holy smokes. Um, okay, it wasn't. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch as many of the movies as I wanted to. Neither have I. I've actually got a little uh, a little thing here. The movies that I didn't see um, first are the ones that I I don't want to see. I'm never going to see <laughs> um, those being Rent, Memoirs of a Geisha, Hostel, and that fucking Harry Potter movie. And <laughs> ones that I wanted to see that I just didn't quite uh, crush the time into see were the Crash, Palindromes, uh, The Proposition, Paradise Now. There's probably going to be a couple more creep up as we go through things, but. Yeah, like I, I had, uh, I printed off our list of like, uh, was it like three hundred some odd movies? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, three hundred and fifty-eight movies. Um, it's actually closer to three hundred and sixty because we had a couple extras. Um, but yeah, I, I went through them. Talk about taking a long way to get the point. <laughs> Shut your hole. Um, I, I highlighted like about thirty movies that I had wanted to see, out of all the ones that I, I hadn't. And, uh, yeah, I missed some big ones that I still haven't gotten to see what I still want to see. Like, uh, I wanted to see Crash, kind of. It didn't really appeal to me. Well, it's not that I want to see it because it's a movie that I I just, I just think that I'll, I just, I can't continue living without seeing it. It's as much as I want to see it because it is, there's so much controversy about it, especially at winning the Academy Award and sort of, and, and I think that this is sort of the over the the sort of theme of 2005 is that it's such, from my understanding, it's such a piece of mediocrity and 2005 really sort of seems to excel with uh, mediocrity. Yeah. Um, Getting back onto my list, uh, Brokeback Mountain. I haven't seen it yet. Didn't see it. One of these days I want to see it. Uh, But I did see two other Heath Ledger movies that year, so it was okay. Uh, Dark Water with Jennifer Connelly. Still haven't seen it yet. Oh, for fuck's sake, dude. I know. Uh, Ice Harvest. I haven't seen it. Uh, The Interpreter. Wanted to see that. Didn't. Um... The Man with the Screaming Brain. Yeah, with Bruce Campbell. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that either. The Proposition. No, didn't see that either. Mrs. Henderson Presents, even though there was a lot of nudity in it. Yeah, I didn't see it. Uh, the Three Burials of uh, that Mexican name guy. Yeah, didn't see that either. The Upside of Anger. I know you really enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, missed that altogether too. And yeah, Walk the Line. I know. I watched most. Okay, what of are you Walk doing here? I I don't know. Well, I, guess I, we'll, I guess we'll figure that out as things go carry on. But I I watched most of Walk the Line at one of the group homes I worked at, but I never was able to sit down and watch it from start to finish. I watched the first fifteen minutes, and then I had to go make supper or something like that. So it was, yeah. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, why don't we jump off at doing the. Um... Yeah, let's start with the top 20 of the year here. All righty then. Way down at the bottom at number 20 uh, was Flight Plan. It was a Jodie Foster movie. 
where um, she falls asleep on a plane where she's going home with her daughter and the uh, the corpse of her husband is in a, uh, a casket in the hold of the plane. She wakes up and her daughter's missing. And nobody remembers her coming on board with her daughter. And then it's like a big mystery on, ooh, what happened to my daughter? And where could she possibly be on the, on this plane that hasn't gone anywhere? Oh, and then you've got the the flight attendants and, and everybody else thinking she's a complete crackpot because nobody recalls the kid kind of thing, right? But overall, this was kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, I like I pretty much knew it like start to finish as I was watching it because yeah, there's only so many things that could happen. Although it did, it, it did have Sean Bean in it as as, as the pilot, and I, I like him as an actor. Yeah, but it, it's not enough to save the movie. And yeah. really, what is Jodie Foster doing movies like this for? Like, you know, like she's somebody who's got so much respect and um, and 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 such a such a following and everything that it sort of seems like a big waste of time for her to be doing shit like this. She needed to pay her rent. Uh, I think she's got the rent covered. <laughs> I think she's got the rent covered, it, but it's just it was just a bad, bad movie. I don't know. Uh, number 19 was the sort of surprise comedy hit of the year, um, The 40-Year-Old Virgin with uh, Steve Carell and uh, Paul Rudd and a whole mixed bag of uh, what are now the, the, the Judd, Judd Apatow, Apatow crew. crew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, including uh, Seth Rogen, who really kind of stole the show here. Oh, yeah. uh, he was yeah. the the movie's pretty much what the title says it is. You've got a forty year old virgin who's working at a electronic store, um, meets a woman, falls in love with her, but he he's being encouraged by his friends to sort of maybe get a little bit of a sexual practice in before, <laughs> and and they're trying to convert him into a ladies' man. It's just there's so much hilarity that oh. ensues from it all. Quite possibly, though, the funniest part was the hair waxing scene oh uh, i disagree jane lynch her talking oh, about fuck her, yeah, fucking, sorry. <laughs> her, her sex life and and all that sort of shit oh fuck she she's hysterical in it and every scene she's in she owns oh yeah and yeah she does it such like with, with such a deadpan delivery yeah. too that's okay yeah and, and you know how i knew you were gay yeah my dick was in your mouth yeah <laughs> Uh, next up is, uh, number 18, uh, fun with Dick and Jane. Um, Jim Carrey movie, uh, people, they're down on their luck and decide to rob a bank. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number 17 is the pacifier, which was a, um, Ving Rhame, uh, uh, Disney vehicle of uh, all things. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Oh, good God. <laughs> they look nothing alike, sir. They, neither of them have hair on their they, head. That is okay. They look a lot alike. <laughs> I know. And they both start with Vin. Yes. Anyhow, he's <laughs> some sort of military hotshot who is uh, being posted to um, be bodyguard for this family who the, the father has been kidnapped or uh, some Recently deceased. No, he's not dead, is it's, he? It says right here in the plot. Oh, right, because but the plans are hidden in the house. And yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yes, I recall now. It, um, You know what? There, I've I've wasted an hour and a half worse than watching this movie. I, I, I kind of enjoyed it. And it's got Lauren Graham, which makes my heart happy. So <laughs> I, I, I can't say really horrible things about the movie. And I'm sorry, but looking at Vin Diesel is rather appealing. In fact, I've got a... Um, a um, 
what do you call these things? A, uh, a digital picture frame. Which is actually showing a picture of him right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I enjoy looking at the man, I must say. Um, yeah, and I, I'd have to say, too, that I I kind of guiltily enjoyed this, this movie it's, as well. It's a fun little don't-have-to-think-too-hard yeah. movie. Yeah. 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 Um, next up is... Uh, Walk the Line. Uh, the one that I didn't see. Yes, it's the uh, Johnny Cash biopic uh, yeah. directed by James Mangold, who uh, brought us stuff like Copland and Girl Interrupted. Oh, I enjoyed Copland. Um, what's the movie where everybody gets stuck at the motel and Identity? Oh, that's a... James Mangold is a great director. No, he did Heavy. That was one of his first films. Mm-hmm. And Walk the Line is... A really, really good movie. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is excellent. Uh, yeah, he did a good job in those 15 minutes that I saw. It's just, it, it, yeah. it, it's a great movie. I mean, Johnny Cash, I can't say, is one of my one of my favorite musical heroes or anything like that. But, I mean, I but, I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the music while, you yeah. know, while it was on and everything. I, I'd, have to, I'd have to say, though, that I have been a fan of Johnny Cash for a while. I haven't been, like, a fan going out and buying his CDs and stuff, but... Uh, I was brought up on that kind of music, yeah. so yeah, yeah, I, I kind of liked it. Number fifteen is Robots, a uh, piece of shit CG fox. Hey, car- I kind of thought it was funny. <laughs> Did I liked you really? It. Yeah. Okay, I, I must have been one of those people that uh, that actually enjoyed it. Uh, next up at number fourteen was Chicken Little, another animated movie and a Disney movie. I I thought it was kind of cute. It too. was cute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I. I not much more to say about it, yeah. but yeah, it was cute. Number thirteen was the Fantastic Four, the uh, the big big blockbuster premiere of the uh, the Marvel comic. Oh, oh, so sad. Uh, uh, next up at number twelve is the Longest Yard, the remake with uh, Adam Sandler. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, number eleven is Hitch, the uh, Will Smith vehicle. Where he plays uh, sort of a matchmaker. Yeah, kind of a love doctor. Yeah, dealing. yeah. yeah. It was kind of sucky. Yeah, um, I I did like Kevin James in it though because yeah. I like I like Kevin James. Yeah, it. I don't know. It was it served its purpose. It was um, I don't know, kind of garbagey. It was directed by Andy Tennant, who's one of these guys who just kind of hits and misses, like. Um, I think the film he did before this was Sweet Home Alabama, but he did Ever After, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, he's he's got another movie too. That, oh, um, Fools Rush In, that Matthew Perry, Salma Hayek movie, which mm-hmm. I loved. I mean, but a lot of his other stuff is pretty just there. It yeah, there was nothing super special about yeah. this. Um, although it did have Eva Mendes in it, and. I think she's just gorgeous. Uh, it, it, the fact of the matter is, if Will Smith wasn't in the movie, it wouldn't have made any money. Probably not. Yeah. Alrighty, next up is uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the movie that broke up Brad and Jen. <laughs> I, I, I'm still a little choked up about it. I can't talk about it. It's too soon. <laughs> yes. But, Anyhow. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a... A bored married couple, uh, they're in therapy and they, they find out that they're, uh, actually rival assassins for different companies. Uh, it, it was kind of cute. I liked it. You know, it, um, the chemistry between them is really, really good. Yeah. 
It is really good. Um, that the fight where they have where they destroy the fucking house is hilarious. Uh, this is directed by uh, Doug Lyman, who did um, Swingers. Really? Yeah, which is kind of funny. And then he did uh, Go, which is a great movie. Oh yes. And then I he did this. That one. Yeah, and then he did um, one of the. I think he did the first Bourne movie as after this. So he's. Uh, I hated the Bourne Ultimatum as an executive producer, but he directed one of them. He directed the first one. Uh, the Born, Born Identity, Identity, 2002. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he's he's established himself as uh, quite a solid uh, director. So, be interesting to see what he does as things carry on. Ah, he also did Jumper in 2008. Number yeah. nine is uh, Madagascar, another animated movie. The 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 Chillins movies are just dominating the, the Tom Twenty here. Yeah, Tom um, Twenty. Uh, apart from a lot of uh, famous people voicing it uh yeah not much to say about this except for it was extremely adequate okay number 11 was hitched with will smith number 10 was mr and mrs smith and number nine is madagascar madagascar with will smith doing a voice is he in there there's a there's a smith thing happening here ah (laughs) so i wonder in number eight batman begins there's no smith there's no will smith there's no smith (laughs) yeah uh, number seven was uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the remake of the <clears throat> classic children's tale. Willy Wonka. Yes, uh, yeah. this time done by Tim Burton. Um, yeah, uh, number six is Wedding Crashers. Number five is uh, Peter Jackson's reimagining of King Kong. Number four is Tom Cruise's War of the Worlds. Number three is Harry Potter and the giblets of fire or something <laughs> I, I fucking hate that shit but uh see you don't know what you're missing I, I do know what i'm missing and it's nothing i'm missing nothing see i rather enjoy the harry potter movies and i loved the books uh call me a kid at heart but uh yeah i yeah that's what i'll call I, you <laughs> yeah i know i i've i've gotten a lot of ribbing from the stuff that i like but yeah, I, I still enjoyed it. Uh, in this one here, uh, Harry is chosen to compete in the uh, in this uh, multi wizardry competition with the different schools, and uh, yeah, there's a big controversy because he's like too young to be in it, but he does anyways. And yeah, the goblet chooses Harry to, play. yeah, Harry that scamp. <laughs> But, I, yeah, uh, I, I guess I should disclaim that I'm just I'm not a big fan of the fantasy genre per se. Like, um, I mean, there, there there are exceptions. Like, you know, I liked Excalibur and mm-hmm. and um, Dragonheart and and um, Dragon Slayer and stuff like that. Well, they but, had dragons in this one. Yeah, yeah, dragging my ass out of the theater is what they had. <laughs> dragons. There. You never got your ass in the <laughs> theater for this. Yeah, so. I know that's true. That's true. <laughs> All righty. One thing I forgot to mention about uh, the Harry Potter movie is it was directed by Mike Newell. And, yeah, he gave us, like, Four Weddings and a Funeral. I know. Uh, it's, it was a very unusual Johnny choice. Brasco, yeah. Washington. The gentleman, the Englishman who went up a hill and came down a mountain. Didn't he do that one? Uh, no. Oh, didn't he? I thought he was. Thought he, he might have been a producer or something. I, I, yeah. He, he was a very, I remember him being chosen for that. And it was, it was a very unusual uh, choice. Alrighty, number two was the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. 
um, directed by Andrew Adamson, uh, based on the book by um, what's her said Lewis Carroll. No, no that was Alice in Wonderland. Oh. Um, the movie Shadowlands is about him. Holy you know? crap! Why can't I? I've read them. I don't uh, know. Anyhow, C.S. Lewis. I kind of love this movie a little bit. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was nice. A nice little escapist thing. I like. Yeah, it was great. I, I like Tilda Swinton. As uh, Tilda, the White Witch. you know what? I've I've been in love with Tilda Swinton for so long. Like back to the Derek Jarman films, like um, The Last of England and Edward II and and Caravaggio and all that sort of stuff. She's amazing, and it's so cool to see her working in Hollywood now. You know that that she's finally gotten that recognition, and you know, and 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 being legitimately recognized you know mm-hmm. with the academy awards and and everything else that, that are being bestowed upon her and she looked like just just gorgeous in in her like ice yeah. queen thing. Yeah. oh that was beautiful yeah and I, the the animals the rabbits wasn't one don french didn't she play the the wife rabbit oh they but they were hilarious the animals were amazing the the animation that they did with those um the wolves everything like it was it was so cool it was it was exceptionally well done. Yes, uh, you're right. It was Don French yeah. as Mrs. Beaver? Yeah, and Ray Winstone was Mr. Beaver. Where did I? Why did I think it was a rabbit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rupert Everett was in this as a voice as yeah. well as Mr. Fox. Yeah, yeah. How it apt? Was... <laughs> How apt? <laughs> All right, and the number one film of 2005, uh, scoring the highest uh, take at the box office. I'm sure that I'm sure that Ross will really enjoy this. Yes, yes. Star Wars Episode Three: The Revenge of the Sith. Um, I went to go see this in the theater. Probably one of the last movies I went to go see in the theater. Maybe no, no, it wasn't. But um, wow, I was completely unimpressed because I knew I knew how it had to end. Wow, and I and. I'm not a big fan of Hayden Christensen, whatever the little freak's name is. It was that whiny bitch that was mm. playing. Uh, Come on. Yeah. After Phantom Menace, though, the only place to go was up. So, I mean, it was definitely better than that. You <laughs> yeah. know? And, and the second, I, I didn't mind the second one either. And this one I thought was sort of on par with the second one. But none of them touch four, five, and six. No. 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 Even, uh, even the the reimagining of four, five, and six after all the digital effects were put in. Yeah. Yeah, they they still surpass. But yeah. that was uh two thousand five at the box office, so um maybe we can start breaking things down a little bit more and uh take a closer look at, at some some of the films of two thousand and five. Alrighty. So uh, here's a little segment for you that uh, it's probably only going to come up this one time, and I, I thought, you know, just because... In 2004, one of the best shows on TV ended its 10-year run that spent most of its time in the top 10. 
and um, that would be Friends. And pretty much the entire cast of Friends, short of the mats, were in the theater that year. And mm -hmm. maybe we could take a quick little look at some of the stuff that they were doing. Alrighty then. Um, first off, we had Jennifer Aniston, who appeared in Rumor Has It. Um, quite possibly, I think, most talented of all of them as an actress. Oh, I so wholeheartedly disagree with you. Really? Yes. Um, Rumor Has It was a Rob Reiner film. Um, was a romantic comedy surrounding the whole um, making of The Graduate and what it was actually based on and stuff like that, apparently. Aniston's family were the the model of the the Robinsons and mm -hmm. and uh, so she goes looking for her real father and all this sort of stuff. It was cute, but I mean, for Rob Reiner, this is a guy who did some really amazing stuff early on with you know Harry met when Harry met Sally and um, a few good men and um, the sure thing. I mean, he did he did so many great films and he's his to see what he's sort of become is a sad thing have you, have you did you not see rumor has it i have not uh, it was with uh, jennifer aniston kevin costner uh, shirley mclean it was it was pretty weak but also that year she uh she starred in derailed along with um oh scott yes 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 in uh and um vincent castile was in it as well in a uh, thriller about a man being blackmailed about an affair he had. Ah, uh, yes, and I rather enjoyed that movie. It was, you know what, it was a little bit um, darker than I was expecting, because, I mean, I really, Jennifer Aniston is such sort of the, you know, the the apple-cheeked girl in, in, in Friends, you know, and you sort of expect her to be in lighter fare like that. I mean, I just watched Marley and Me, and I mean, that is very much the the, the Jennifer Aniston movie that I that I expect to see. And this mm -hmm. was dark. Like it was, it was surprisingly dark. Hmm. Also, one of the first films released by the newly formed uh, Weinstein Brother Company after they um, departed from Miramax. Uh, David Schwimmer that year appeared as a voice in Madagascar, but he also did another film called uh, Dwayne Hopwood, which was surprisingly really good. I did not see it. He plays this sort of hapless alcoholic fuck who just completely destroys his life um janine groffalo co-stars as his wife slash ex-wife as the film progresses or flashbacks and stuff it it's a bit of a downer but i, I like that about it i because from <laughs> david schwimmer i don't expect much like he's never my favorite friend <laughs> <laughs> no he's always a bit of a dick yeah yeah you know and and he really kind of he he really brought it in a in Dwayne Hopwood. Hmm. Uh, Lisa Kudrow that year, she was making the comeback on HBO, but she also appeared in Happy Endings, which was a Don Ruse film. He had previously done The Opposite of Sex and um, Bounce with uh, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Ben Affleck, and um, which was kind of a sort of a weak second effort from him. Hmm. But he came back full on with happy endings. See, another movie I missed. Oh fuck, it's yeah. so good. It's so funny. Another surprisingly um excellent performance by Tom Arnold in this movie playing uh Maggie Gyllenhaal's love interest of all things. Um she does seem to go for the odd yeah. characters of her love interest, yeah. doesn't she? But it's got a great cast. Laura Dern, uh Jesse Bradshaw, oh, um Vincent um 
Oh no, no, his name's Vincent in Will and Grace. Bobby Cassavell. Mm-hmm. Um, did I say Larry Dern? I'm I'm gonna say yes. Okay, <laughs> but I mean it's 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 a great great cast of uh, character actors. It's a very offbeat, dark, darker comedy. It, it was good. Mm-hmm. And um, Courtney Cox that year appeared briefly in the beginning of The Longest Yard with Adam Sandler. Yeah, as the girlfriend. As yeah. the bitch girlfriend from hell. <laughs> and, okay, the, the the Longest Yard was a remake. The original Longest Yard, her role was played by one of the models from The Price is Right. Diane Parkinson? No, oh. the, the, the brunette one, Anita somebody or other. But I was watching it the other day and I was like, why do I know her? Why do I know her? And I looked her up on the IMDb and she was, she's one of the fucking, she's one of Barker's beauties. <laughs> and, um, but also that year she was in November, which is a fucking cool movie. I, I had, I've had November in my DVD collection forever. Just hadn't gotten around to watching it. I sat down to watch it for, for, for this and, it was cool. Like it's it's the sort of the same story told three times, from three different kind of perspectives, but told three different ways with three different outcomes. Like it's so cool, and I, I can't say any more than that because to say more would completely ruin the movie. But if you have not seen November, and I mean it's a short film, it's less than an hour and a half long. Like it's really really fast. Hmm. Check it out because it it plays with your head a little bit, and it it is a lot of a lot of fun. It also stars uh, James LaGrosse, who I really really like, and um, yeah, see it if you can. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, and um, the other two remaining friends are Matt LeBlanc and Matthew Perry, who didn't really do anything that year. Uh, and Matt LeBlanc, Matt, uh, Matthew Perry was in Hoosiers too. Yeah, he was in two short films. Both are like five minutes long each. They don't count, dude. So let's just basically say he took the year off. Okay. And Matthew Perry, or I'm sorry, Matt LeBlanc was making Joey that year. So yeah. And yeah, so that was our little friends update in 2005. So when I said that uh, Jennifer Aniston, I thought was the most talented of the actresses. Lisa Kudrow. Really? Yes. She's smart. She's funny. She, you check her out in Happy Ending. You have not seen Lisa Kudrow like that before. Check her out yeah. in The Opposite of Sex. You have not seen Lisa Kudrow like that before. She does not... She... She's so distinctly herself because her appearance is so unique. Mm. But she is able to become other characters. Um, remember in um, P.S. I Love You? Where she's sort of the fucking man-hungry fucking... I didn't remember her. I... Don't she remember. had the funniest lines in that movie, man. She was the one that was always fucking after whatever man was at the party kind of thing. See, I I, I was too busy wiping all the tears. <laughs> it was such a sad movie. But it was I, awesome. But if you've seen The Opposite of Sex, I mean, she's so buttoned down and reserved and conservative in that movie. And um, hmm. she's just, she's got, she's got a lot more range than she's given credit for. And even the comeback, that series that she did on HBO, I mean, it is so darkly funny and satirical it, it it she's fantastic i think lisa kudrow is really six times the actor that jennifer aniston is it's just that she's not the she i think she's beautiful but she's a different kind of beautiful a less conventional beautiful hmm. so okay i'll give you that one okay and so that those be my friends <laughs> They're all of our friends. Man. They're all our friends. You know, Andy, I've been thinking about your problem. I think I might have a solution for you. 
Mm. You ever heard of the term fuck buddy? What? It's a special friend. We fuck. No, I haven't heard that term. When I was a little girl, I developed early. By the time I was 14, I had this body you're looking at. Can you imagine that? I don't want to, no. Well, needless to say, a lot of male attention. I bet, yes. Especially from our Guatemalan gardener, Javier. Okay. You know, Javier, uh, before he made passionate yet gentle love to me for the first time, he serenaded me with a beautiful old Guatemalan love song. Really? That's... Mm. That's... Sounds nice. Cuando mi cuerpo, no. As with every year that we've encountered uh, thus far, 19... or 19... 2005 was uh, rather rich with comedies. It was. Um, far too many for us to talk about them all, so we'll quickly burn through some of the ones that also ran that year that we aren't going to spend a lot of time talking about right now anyhow. Um, first of all, there was uh, Are We There Yet? We had Bad News Bears. The Baxter. Be Cool. Bewitched. Broken Flowers. Cake. Chasing Christmas. Cheaper by the Dozen 2. The Chum Scrubber. Color Me Kubrick. Deuce Bigelow, a European gigolo. Diary of a Mad Black Woman. The Dukes of Hazard. Elizabeth Town. Fever Pitch. Guess Who. Herbie, Fully Loaded. The Honeymooners. Hoodwinked. The Ice Harvest. Imagine Me and You. Just Friends. Just Like Heaven. Keeping Mum. Kicking and Screaming. Kids in America. A Lot Like Love. Man of the House. The Matador. Miss Congeniality 2, Armed and... Fabulous! <laughs> Must Love Dogs. Prime. The Producers. The Ringer. Son of the Mask. The Thing About My Folks. Tim Burton's Corpse Bride. Waiting. Wallace and Gromit in The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. <laughs> Were-Wabbit? Were-Wabbit. <laughs> the Wedding Date. And Yours, Mine, and Ours. All righty. Um, first comedy that we're going to talk about was, uh, Beauty Shop. Ah, uh, Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah. You know, beautiful Queen Latifah. Deb, you've seen this movie, yes? Uh, I have seen parts of it. It was really good. You know, it was battered a little bit by the critics and pretty much ignored by audiences, but I thought um, it was a really good movie. It, it, it was a spinoff of Barbershop. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I heard it was just as good or oh. better than, yeah. Barbershop itself was good. Queen Latifah's great in it. I, I know a lot of people have a, a lot of damage with her. I don't really? I don't know why. I know, she's such a good actress and she's so beautiful. She's just she's got I don't know, she's got this kind of inner light that just, you know, really I don't know, there's there's that big smile. Yeah, and, it, and it reaches her eyes too yeah. when she smiles. I like that. And it had a great supporting cast. Um there was Annie McDowell in this, um Kevin Bacon who was flamboyantly gay. <laughs> Oh, wait a second. Wasn't, uh, was Jimon Hunchu in this? Yes. I have seen this. Yes. Because I watched it because he was in it because, you know, I got a little man crush for him. <laughs> Dude, he's, he's my boyfriend whose name I can't pronounce. <laughs> yeah, he plays the electrician. Yep. Oh, yeah. It, it was a good movie. It was I, a really I, good movie. I, I think it's one of those ones that if you've heard bad stuff about but maintain any kind of curiosity for, you should probably check it out. Yeah. 
I'm going to have to highlight that on my list in a green highlighter as one I've watched. <laughs> and as Mark breaks out the crayons, we'll carry on and talk about uh, Lassie Hallstrom's Casanova. You know, when this came out, I tried to watch it, and I know I must have been tired or something, because I got a couple minutes into it, and I said, this is shit. And I turned it off and forgot about it until until now. Yeah. And I watched it last night. Yeah, this is, it's sort of a, a new take on the old tale. This is, is so vastly different from Fellini's Casanova. Yeah. Um, it for a Lassie Hallstrom film, it was very whimsical. Like it was very light and fluffy and fun, mm-hmm. and it really surprised me. Um, but it was still like really uh, convoluted. Oh in, yeah, uh, but but with a big smile on his face the whole time. Like oh, yeah, you know, and you're like 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 rooting for them. Like get yes. the you can do it. A and, great cast. You had uh, Heath Ledger play Casanova. Oh, Lena Olin as the mother. She was oh. beautiful. Oh, yeah. Oliver Platt. Oh, yeah. It, you know, there was some really, really great people in this Jeremy movie. Irons. Jeremy Irons. <laughs> <laughs> Who, um, which movie was it we were watching with Jeremy Irons? And he had that scar on his face. That was uh, Kingdom of Heaven. Never yeah. mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it really surprised me. I... I Lassie Hallstrom, I would say probably 75% of the time I enjoy his films. Yeah. And this was definitely one of the, one of his better. Uh, yeah, another, well, we forgot to mention Heath Ledger. In that our... was actually the first name that I mentioned. Really? Yeah. Okay. Then, yeah, Heath Ledger, uh, who's actually in three movies that I've watched this year. But, yeah, I I will admit right now that it was not shit. I rather enjoyed it, yeah. and I had a great time for the whole movie. Yeah. I, I'm glad that I got this chance to rewatch it. Yeah. Thank you, new format. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, uh, we'll talk quickly about uh, the Family Stone, which uh, starred oh man, everybody: <laughs> <laughs> Diane Keaton, Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, Luke Wilson, um, Rachel McAd- McAdams, um, Craig T. Nelson. Um, list goes on and on. It was, it was a very, very heartwarming holiday family film. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, it's about a, a son who comes home for Christmas from New York and he brings along his New York girlfriend who the family automatically assesses as not right for him <laughs> and proceed to give a very, very hard time. And of course the, you know, the, it all reaches an apex of chaos and, and everything else. And before you know it, everybody's kind of mm, partnering off with the people they didn't come with. <laughs> I remember when this came out, uh, you had said that it was good and I rented it and tried to watch it, but my copy that I rented was bad and uh, I was only able to get like the first few minutes and then it like check, 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 check. Then, yeah. yeah. So I never I, actually got, got to see it. I really enjoyed it. There was a lot of laughs in it and, yeah, it made me cry like a little bitch. <laughs> uh, the next film is uh, Monster-in-Law, which was a surprise. Um, I, I think it was a big summer release that year. Um, it was the return of Jane Fonda after many years being absent oh, yeah, in she hadn't films. Been out, yeah. And um, co-starred uh, Jennifer Lopez, 
um, what's his nut from uh, Michael Vartan? Yes, Wanda and Sykes. Wanda Sykes. <laughs> I love me some Wanda Sykes. She is awesome, and she's great in this movie. Um, <laughs> she plays uh, Jane Fonda's assistant. I guess the whole premise is Jennifer Lopez and and Michael Vartan are about to be married, much to the chagrin of his mother, who doesn't think that she's good enough for her son. I, I, you know, tried and true premise, but um. Fonda is manic. She's, I, I don't think, probably not since 9 to 5 has she done as big a broad a comedy as she does here. And uh, Jennifer Lopez, I know a lot of people got some some big Lopez baggage. I'm, I'm not a big fan of her music, but mm-hmm. I, think she's a, I think she's a capable actress. Oh, Anybody yeah. who says she's a complete piece of shit as an actress should go rewatch Out of Sight. Yeah. Um, actually, I was just checking the IMDb. This was Jane Fonda's first movie in 15 years. Yeah. Since yeah. 1990, Stanley and Iris. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She, well, she retired to shack up with Ted Turner there, so, and then they broke up and... I need some money. Doing, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure she, uh, I'm uh, sure the breakup was good for her. Yeah. <laughs> Money-wise. <laughs> but I, but the real standout in, in Monster-in-Law is Wanda Sykes. Wanda Sykes steals Every scene that she's in, I remember the trailers, and oh. yeah, it was it was all Wanda. <laughs> There's some outtakes on the DVD that are fucking hysterical. Oh, she's so funny. She, I think she's just probably one of the best uh, comedians out right now. She's in. She's on uh, the New Adventures of Old Christine, and on that show too. Every scene she's in, you're yeah, laughing. It's hers. It, it's hers. It, yeah. I, I feel sorry for anybody that has to, to be in a scene with Wanda Sykes because they just completely vanish from the screen. Well, when when, when she was on the Drew Carey show as Drew's uh, love interest, yeah, again, yeah, every scene she yeah. was in, it, like, she just chewed it up. It oh, was... She had that little tiny scene in Clerks too, and I mean, like, it was fucking piss yourself fucking laughing. Was, she's great. She's just really, really good. I have nothing but affection and, and fond things to say about her. And and the movie was pretty good. In in a year of mediocrity, it sort of rises above the 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 meteor media, mediocre bar. <laughs> that was a tough thing to say. <laughs> Next up is uh, Mrs. Henderson presents a comedy by Stephen Frears, who's one of my favorite directors, and we don't generally see him being quite this um, light. light. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, this is about a, um, old widower or widow, widower would be the man, widow would be the woman. So an old, an older widow who, uh, has come into money after her husband's passing and she decides that she wants to bestow it, her, her money into the arts. So she buys herself a theater and hires herself a director and they, uh, begin to put on productions. Uh, she wants to do, start with a sort of a vaudeville type of act, um, and which pr- pr- proves to be quite successful. But mm-hmm. as um, other theaters start competing using the same format, she decides she has to take it a step further and mm-hmm. introduces nudity to to the to the show, mm-hmm. which um, which is why I'm sad I missed it. Yes, <laughs> the first three quarters of this movie are so light and so fun. Like I just, I had the biggest smile on my face watching this movie. It was, it was so enjoyable and the characters are so much fun. 
Um, you've got Judy Dench playing Mrs. Henderson and Bob Hoskins playing Vivian Van Damme, the, 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 the producer that she hires to, to run her theater. And the two of them have fantastic chemistry together. They play mm-hmm. off each other so well. Um, and then it, it, it gets a little bit darker with the whole, you know, war theme that, that's happening at the end and, and there's some, you know, sadder stuff that starts happening, but it doesn't bring the movie down. It it still manages to take that stuff on and and sort of carry on through maintaining the sort of same level of um not quite the same level of levity, but it it doesn't let it un- undo everything that's been done before it kind mm-hmm. of thing. Great movie. You didn't get a chance to see this, right? No, I know. It was one of my highlighted in orange movies. (laughs) (laughs) Great movie. Um, Next up, we've got uh, The Brothers Grimm, which you wanted to speak of. Uh, Yes, another Heath Ledger movie, uh, Matt Damon, uh, directed by... Terry Gilliam. Thank you. Wow, I just blanked on his name there for a second. Um, I know that you didn't like this, and you actually turned it off. I shut it off after about... 20 minutes see and this was the second time i watched it and i i rather enjoyed it um it was uh this uh the second movie with uh lena hetty hetty headley hetty 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 um sarah connor from sarah connor chronicles and the the queen of uh of um two three thousand three hundred oh really yeah i did not i see I watched 300 before the Sarah, Chron- the Sarah Chronicle Connors. <laughs> Sarah Connor Chronicles. English second language. <laughs> Shut up. Um, yes, I, I rather enjoyed... Uh, it's, it's, it's whimsy. And it's, uh, it's light-hearted poke at the Brothers Grimm. Like, like all the fables and things. Um, it was... I. It was kind of like uh, a Knight's Tale, but just a little bit darker. And yeah, it, it had the evil witch and the, the good people and werewolves, and it, it was fun. See, we were talking about was it last night. We were talking about this. I'm I'm not yeah. a Terry Gilliam fan for the sake of being a, a Terry Gilliam fan. I mean, he's pretty hit and miss with me. I find that his aesthetic tends to be very dirty um everything looks so grungy and 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 it's it's well, one of those he, things that yeah, unless... he does have a very dystopian look at the future right? yeah that. but I, and it generally doesn't work for me i mean it has like with 12 monkeys i really enjoyed but um for the most part and like like i was saying too like time bandits i enjoy time bandits because the story is actually engaging but the aesthetic of the movie is still very mm-hmm. eh, like I don't like the look of the movie, but I but I enjoy the fun of it. Baron Munchausen lost me. See, I like Baron Munchausen yeah. too, and, and and like like I like Brazil. Yeah, see, I I Brazil took me seriously. Like, and I don't know why I kept fucking going back to it, trying to watch it. I guess because I've read so much about Brazil and how great it's supposed to be, and I guess this would probably be. Better for the 1982 show or whatever the fuck Brazil came out, but, but yeah, I went back to it like six different times because I've read so much great stuff about it, and I just don't see it. See, well, it, I am sad for you then oh. because I I rather enjoyed it. Yeah. It was it was a very beautiful tale, and I preferred 
uh, Gilliam's ending than the Hollywood ending, the really happy ending. Yeah, I watched them both, and it was just kind of... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, the Brothers Grimm, it just, it, it didn't engage me at all. See, I, I liked, I liked, uh, Heath Ledger and Matt Damon in this, but you could have replaced them with any other two actors and they would have done about the same. See, if you could have, if you would have replaced them with any other two actors and not given them any costumes, I might've stick around, but. <laughs> uh. Anywho, yes. let's move along to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Ah, finally, on the big screen, uh, Douglas Adams. Uh, it's turned into a movie. I, I, I've watched this and listened to it and read it in every incarnation that it was in. Like I listened uh, to the radio plays. I watched the TV show. I've read the books. And uh, this was an adequate version of, <laughs> of all of that. It was too short to be a full accounting of of it all, but uh, it was still good. Uh, as somebody sort of that you like, rises to the mediocrity level of the year. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, or surpasses. It's slightly surpassed the mediocrity level, I would think. Um, somebody that you really like, uh, Zoe Deschanel, was in it, and yeah, it was, it was good. See, I have no idea what Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is about. I, I know um, nothing about it. I have no interest in it. Um, I don't like hitchhiking. I don't like guides. I'm not crazy about the galaxy. It's <laughs> okay. I'll give you a really quick, brief synopsis. Then this would be helpful. Okay, um, Earth is about to be destroyed to make way for an intergalactic space highway kind of thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. How long was I out for? <laughs> uh, never mind. But it turns out that Earth isn't really just a planet. It's actually a large computer that was. Uh, that was oh, commissioned to be built by these pan-dimensional beings, which in our reality... Huh? What? It's a drool off my keyboard. Okay, fine. Fine, then I won't talk about it anymore. Well, are you... Are you are, it sounds like you're kind of giving away spoilers, too, Dad. It, it's... Well, you're never going to watch it. Oh, but somebody listening may. It, after if, after the glowing review you gave it as it being slightly better than adequate, may they may rush to their video store now because... They're likely to find it there. <laughs> Not being out. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> wow, I just burnt myself. Um, but no, it... It it was good, and I don't think I can give any spoilers to something that has been around for, what, 20, 30 years? I have, like I said, I have no idea what it's about, or, so we're it's out there. about aliens, man, aliens. We're out there. <laughs> Alrighty then, fine, let's move on to the next one. Let's. And that would be Wedding Crashers. Yes. Um, a little synopsis for us? Uh, 
two guys played by uh, Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn um, like to spend their uh, like it was, it was like like a week or something of vacation, and they just they go to all of these weddings, and they crash them as party guests, and they try to get laid, and uh, that is the premise for the movie. I don't want to give away any of the. Well, it's sort of set up in the first like fifteen twenty minutes that the one ends up falling for a nice girl, and the other ends up falling for a raging slut. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I I did I did enjoy this movie. It was kind of funny. I see. I didn't. I thought I thought it was so. It it was very below the bar. Like you know, it um. There really wasn't anything. That, it, it's cool that you have an adult comedy, which I think was something that hasn't been happened, hadn't been happening for for a while before this. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's only adult in that it's rated R because it is pretty sophomoric. I just, I was just not crazy about it. I, I, I will leave it at that. I won't get all ugly about it. I preferred Vince Vaughn in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I thought he was much funnier in that this year. And and Owen Will, Will, Wilson is, you know, he's always better on the suicide hotline. So, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I'm not a big Owen Wilson fan. Yeah, I, I, yeah that doesn't show at all, no, man. Okay. So, so there's there's a look at some of the comedies of uh, 2005. Um, I think that we'll probably encounter more as we carry on into the show and 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 start talking about other things. Show no mercy. Only then will you be strong enough with the dark side to save Padme. What about the other Jedi spread across the galaxy? Their betrayal will be dealt with. After you have killed all the Jedi in the temple, go to the Mustafar system, wipe out Viceroy Gunray and the other Separatist leaders. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. And we shall At this point, it should probably be said that um, we're actually recording this pretty late, so all the all the word fumbling and everything else is sort of as much as anything because of the time we we got a poker game we're going to tomorrow, so we're not going to be able to do this tr- during our regular time. So yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> Plus, uh, as as you all know, we both work night shift, and this is the start of our weekend, and we both only get about like three or four hours sleep. Be like in the middle of the day somewhere, like I know I got mine earlier on. Alan got his later on, so yeah, it's hit or miss. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna carry on here now with um, science fiction films, and we're gonna incorporate uh, comic book adaptations with this because there's a fair amount of overlap, and they they, they kind of go hand in hand. I think the, yeah. the um the audience for sci-fi and comic book adaptations are are pretty much the same. Maybe comic book adaptations now have sort of broken into the mainstream enough that they're they're maybe a little bit more mainstream than than, than sci-fi flicks, but just the same. Yeah, we're we're gonna do them together. Um, not a, a a full year for for science fiction films again. Um, 
the only other films that we're probably not going to talk about right now, but um, that came out in 2005 as well, is uh, Doom, the piece of crap uh, <laughs> first-person shooter movie. Hey, I really enjoyed the game, uh, the movie. Um, alrighty. So much for talking one. about it. Yeah. <laughs> and King Kong, but I think we'll be talking about Kong a little bit later down the line here. Yeah. Um, but the first one we're going to talk about in a little bit more detail is, uh, Eon Flux. <clears throat> I loved it. You did? I did. <laughs> um, I found it to be all right. It wasn't fantastic. I, th- I found it to be um, interesting enough visually that it more than compensated for the lack of a coherent plot. <laughs> well, if you ever if you ever watch the original Watch Fox it. Cartoons. I have the fucking box set, man. I love the cartoons. Okay. They're, they're amazing. And I didn't really think that the actual film adaptation had that much to do with it, especially stylistically. But it had its own vision and I liked it. It was, it was, it was, it was eye candy. It was very pretty eye candy. I, I can't say that it is. It's a great movie that you're going to be able to sink your teeth into and and enjoy every nuance. And, but and yeah, and and you're going to be debating subtle layers of the movie. Later exactly. Afterwards. No, it was it was <laughs> eye candy, and it was it was a treat for the eyes, and I enjoyed it. it I make the, no apologies. It had Johnny Lee Miller in it too. I like him. And Frances McDormand is that weird fucking apparition mm. fucking thingy, whatever the hell she was. And, and the handler. Yeah. And it, Pete Pete Postlethwaite. I, I like him. Yeah. A good UK uh, character actor. Yeah. And the chick with the feet for the hands for feet. She oh, was yeah. Cool. She was kind of weird. Yeah. Ooh. It was. It was. It was, yeah, it, it, was yeah, it was. It was a neat movie. And, you know, it, it's one of those movies if you haven't watched it at this point because you didn't think you you weren't going to like it then you're probably not going to like it if if the if the visuals that you saw in the trailers and stuff like that weren't enough to grab you then by all means stay away yeah um this i think was in my video collection but i think i got borrowed and now it's no longer my video uh, collection so no it sits it sits beside the box <clears throat> set of the cartoons so uh. um next up is batman begins this is the um, reimagining of the Batman story by uh, Chris Nolan. A much, much darker version of the Dark Knight. Yes, it uh, goes back to Batman's origins, sort of uh, where it, where it all came from. Kind of a reboot. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was much needed after all those movies from what, the late 80s through the 90s? I have a place in my heart for all of them. Yeah, I know you do. And you make fun of me. For... Oh, the, yeah, I just, I accept the movies for what it is. I mean, I'm not the one making it, so I, I'm not going to sit there. I'm either going to like it for what it is or not like it for what it is, but I'm not going to bemoan the fact that it isn't what I think it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love the Burton movies. I think they were awesome. They They had this great gothic quality to them. And um, the Schumacher films were sort of a throwback to the to the TV series, um, and I, I I totally get where hardcore comic book Batman fans were pissed off about them, but enjoy them for what they are, you know. See, like that's that's why, uh, like the first Batman movie, uh, Batman, Batman, yeah. <laughs> 
uh, I got caught up in all the hype for it. And for me, it didn't live up to the hype. This one here did. Mm, see, well, I thought, okay, I thought the original Batman was, um, like, the, the original Tim Burton Batman was a good movie. I thought it was a really good movie. I thought Batman Returns was fucking awesome. I loved, I loved the sequel. But, um, but this was very, very good. I mean, like, it, um, it really kind of examined a lot of the complexities of, of the Bruce Wayne Batman character that the other movies sort of only kind of dealt with on a sort of a periphery level. Hmm. Yeah, um, I like, yeah, a lot of the actors that were in it too. They were just. Oh, Gary Oldman is fantastic as, as, as Gordon. Christian yeah. Bale is, is great as Bruce Wayne. Michael Caine as Alfred. That, that was yeah. just brilliant casting. Yeah. I like that. Um, who else is, oh, uh, fucking. Killian Murphy. But, okay. Has... Let's talk about the one weak, weak, weak piece of casting. Uh, Katie Holmes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you didn't even have to say anything. You yeah. You knew who that was. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I get that she's pretty, but um, she's a piece of shit actress. And that's this is not the first time that that, that is going to come up in this section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I got Morgan Freeman in there, too, as Lucius Fox. He was great, you know. Yeah. And Rutger Hauer. Like, it, it, it's, a, it's a great cast, and it's, it's a, it is a great movie. I do, I, I will admit, though, Dark Knight, Dark Knight is a better movie. Yeah, um... Ken Ken Watanabe as Raza Ghul inspired casting. It, yeah. Yeah. See, I don't have any. I don't have okay. any. Um, yeah. See, I, familiarity I, with that character. I I read the comics when I was growing up, so it was same it was, as the Liam Neeson character. Like, I don't know who that guy is. Uh, neither do I. Yeah. But. Yeah. But great movie and a great start to to a new franchise. Alrighty. Next, actually, let's um let's bump up Fantastic Four so that we can talk about that what it has in common with Batman Begins. Fantastic Four is a piece of shit movie, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I I think that it could have been a much better movie than it is, were it not for uh, Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba, yeah, she can't carry a movie, <clears throat> and um, she's not old enough to be Sue Storm. I. I I don't know. It just, it just seems too young to be it, and it's a shame that uh, got Sharon Stone. That uh, Michael Chiklis was. I, I I like him as an actor. Uh, I'm not sure if he was the right choice for uh, Ben Grimm, the thing. I don't know. It. I mean, it was a movie full of of possibilities, and and they really kind of shit the bed. I think um, at that point, I mean, I think it did it come out just before Batman Begins, or right around the same time, within weeks of each other, anyhow. And Batman Begins really started it, between uh, Batman Begins and, and Constantine and Sin City and all these other comic book adaptations that came out that year that had a much darker, harder edge to them. This was still kind of candy coated. Yes, and it, it was sort of maybe a year too late. I think maybe Fantastic Four. Would have done better a year before, where you didn't have this um, this baseline that was being established for comic book movies. It mm-hmm. was it was a throwback to a different time. Yeah, it would have done a lot better, say uh, late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
you're right. Um, <clears throat> see, I I used to really enjoy reading the Fantastic Four when I was a kid. I I enjoyed it too, and yeah. uh, them kind of reworking the story as much as they did. I yeah. It fell completely flat with me. Yeah, and see, I go back to the whole adaptations or adaptations. If you know, you you can't be a purist when you go into this sort of stuff, and and especially with comic books, because I mean, how many times do they within the comic book universe reboot a franchise? It happens. Yeah. So you know, because <clears throat> even Batman Begins, I mean, it owes a lot to the Frank Miller Dark Knight comics, right? Yeah. Which have absolutely nothing to do and weren't even written when um, the Burton films were done, were they? Uh, they were done uh, just around the same time, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's it's, but I mean, the Batman comics that I read as a kid were more in line, were might might even been cheesier than some of the Burton and, and Schumacher films. Uh, okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. Actually, there was some. Oh, the stuff from uh, uh, the early to mid seventies. Oh, wow that that was horrible, and the dialogue in them was was bad. Yeah. So you know, remember, there's 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 a big history behind a lot of this sort of stuff, and and you know, it's not always the cream that rises to the top. Sometimes it's the crap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, we're going to talk about Constantine, which was another comic book adaptation. I really wish I had had time to watch this again before we did the podcast. I remember seeing it, and I know that I really, 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 really liked it, but I a lot of the details are missing for me. Um, Keanu Reeves plays John Constantine, uh, kind of a magician, magic user kind of guy. Uh, Rachel Weiss plays uh, a set of twins, one who kills, kills herself at the beginning of the movie. And another one uh, that wants to fi- find out why her sister killed herself. And it's just that uh, uh, the demons, there's this huge um, uh, balance among the demons and the angels for Earth, right? So uh, the demons are trying to upset the balance. And uh, quite quite good i was i was surprised uh i i'm a i'm a fan of the constant comic books as well and uh i i rather enjoyed it i wasn't i wasn't too keen on having keanu as everybody's just like keanu man but he did a fantastic job in this i i was impressed with his with his work in this um, I know I, that I think the, uh, I think I the that, image that I walked away with most from Constantine was that of Tilda Swinton. She was again amazing. Oh, she was, as the angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gabriel. Yeah. Yes, that was. Um, for me, it, it would have been uh, when Constantine puts his arms together, and you see the the design and the tattoos on his arm. That and Peter Stormare as the devil. I I like him yeah. a lot, and actually he was in the Brothers Grimm, which you didn't see because if it happened twenty minutes after, I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, next up is the Michael Bay movie, The Island. Yes, which is a very very loose remake of 
parts the clonus horror back from was that 1973 yeah yeah <laughs> you just be keeping track of this stuff man <laughs> anyhow the island it um initially appears to be happening in a sort of utopian future where um life is is good for all and there's and this lottery where they there's can... a lottery <laughs> we're gonna win yeah Oh, 1979, sorry, the Clonus yeah. Horror. And uh, so, yeah, things begin to go awry for, for our, our characters as we find out what their their actual purpose is. This starred uh, Ewan McGregor and uh, Scarlett Johansson's got some other casting, including uh, Steve Buscemi. And Jimon Hunshu. <sighs> <laughs> Let's just take a moment and enjoy the Jimon. Sean Bean. <sighs> yeah. Michael Clark Duncan. What did you think of the movie? Um, I loved it in comparison to the Clonus Horror. Yeah. It was, oh, I would say better than okay. Yeah. Um, the action scenes in it, uh, a lot of the visuals and the, um, the, the world that they created uh outside of this little mm -hmm. thing uh was very very realized and thought out i i i kind of enjoyed that i thought it was cool i thought it was i thought it was a pretty good movie um not a big fan of michael bay um but i thought that this i i think i think Ewan McGregor gives it a, a certain level of uh authenticity that probably yeah that probably wouldn't be there otherwise scarlett johansson has never looked more beautiful yeah, um, she. Yeah, she, she was pretty early on in her career here too, wasn't it? Oh, it was four years ago, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what I'm thinking about. Yeah, she did a lot of stuff. Yeah. Before that, yeah. now, now that I'm looking about it. But uh, overall, not a bad movie. Not a bad movie. Yeah. Moving on is a movie that you liked, and I will never see. It's near and dear to my heart. It's the film adaptation of the TV series Firefly. Well, it's not, it's it's not really Serenity. an adapta adaptation. Uh, it's more it, of a it, continuing it, story. It, it actually kind of retells the beginning okay. of how they how they all come together and fills in a lot of gaps and things. Um, <clears throat> I can't say a bad word about it except that I wish it was longer and there was more. I well, give us a bit of a synopsis. Try and convince me that I'm not that I'm missing out on something here. Um, yeah, that's well, what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> there was a a large, uh, like sort of a civil war among all these kind of planets, and uh, the inner the inner planets were the like the ruling class. And the other planets were the the settlers who had moved out trying to like forge new new worlds and stuff. Um, they fought. The settlers lost, and everybody was now under this this one rule. And there's a ship filled with uh, people who used to be part of the uh, the losing. This is not going very well. You're not going to want to listen to watch this <laughs> with what I'm saying. Uh, I'm just trying to describe the ship, and the captain of the ship is... Yeah, Nathan Fillion, which is, you know, eye candy, but... 
yeah. Um, they're doing odd jobs, like cargo from here to there, just to just to stay afloat and to stay out in the, the like fringes of society instead of having to be un, uh, be under the thumb. And they take aboard uh, this doctor and his sister, uh, who has just escaped from the clutches of the people, uh, because she's um, she's different. She's got some higher brain functions that, yeah. Yeah, they should have you right for the back of the DVD box. Oh, wow, I totally <laughs> should, man. <laughs> I am nailing this. I just, I, it's hard to describe for somebody who hasn't seen any of the series or. That must explain why it did so well in theaters, eh? Come on, seriously, you're basically saying that you have to see the series in order to enjoy the movie. So if you no. haven't, if you didn't watch the series, why the hell would you go to the theater to see it? You, you didn't really have to. Because like, that's that's why they redid the whole opening and how they met and things. It's, it's hard to describe why I like it so much. It's just that it felt oh, like... You're not alone. You're not alone. I mean, yeah, there's, no. there's hardcore, hardcore fans. Yeah. I'm just not one of them. Yeah, but I, I I loved it a lot. So much so that I've got two different versions of it. <laughs> Not unlike your Kingdom of Heaven. Uh, I don't I don't know if we're gonna get around to that one or not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for the people who do enjoy a really good science fiction movie, uh and you have not seen this, you've gotta see it. And uh, do yourself a favor as well. Pick up the the DVD set of the series. Uh, they only let them do uh, uh, like a dozen or so episodes before they canceled the show, which was a horrible, horrible mistake on their part. This is this is done by Joss Whedon, the same guy who brought you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Angel. Which was good, which was so-so. Yeah, and it's just... Oh... I missed the show. I, I want more. Okay, before you start spilling tears, let's move on to Sin City. <laughs> I want more of that, too. Fucking Sin City rocks. I, there's really no need to do a synopsis of it because everybody knows that it's a bunch of vignettes that are sort of put together. There's three or four different stories that happen. Yeah. Um, but an amazing cast, including Bruce Willis, Mickey Rourke, Jessica Alba being used the way that she needs to be used as a piece of pure visual candy and given absolutely no weight to bear for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, who else do we uh, have in here? Michael uh, Clark Duncan again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you said Bruce Willis. Yeah. Fantastic Rourke. job. Yeah. Mickey Rourke, amazing job for him. Yeah, uh, came out of nowhere. With that job. Was... Oh, doofy little fucking hobbit dude. Oh, yeah. Oh. Rutger Hauer's in it. Um, yeah, Powers Booth is in this. Yeah. Rosario Dawson, yeah. Benicio Del Toro. Oh, and... Um, yeah. From the guy who I forgot earlier. Totally him. Clive Owen is in it. And, oh, yeah. And, and what's her name that I really like? Carla Gugino. Or Gugino. <sighs> yeah. I love her as the naked lesbian. She's so hot. Josh, she is so fucking hot in that movie, man. Josh Harknut's in this as well. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, you can just go on and on it, and on. It is. And and credit needs to be given to Robert Rodriguez, who I'm sorry, this is the most underappreciated guy working in Hollywood right totally. now. Totally. Uh the fact that he actually gave up his director's guild card to share credit for, with Frank Miller, who yeah. has proved of the spirit he really had nothing to do with the fucking making of the movie other than writing it. Yeah, and, and uh, like the the comic book going from storyboard to print, holy shit! It was so so close. Yeah, it was it was, it was so well actualized. Was, um, the, the, the the style of it is amazing. The the use the sparing use of color is amazing. Um, Brittany Murphy's in this too. Yeah, that was yeah. that was the other chick I was trying to think of. It's just uh, Benicio del Toro. I said that. Oh, did you? Uh, Nick Stahl. Yeah, he was the creepy yellow dude. But Rodriguez, I mean, he is so talented, and Elijah Wood. That's yes, a little, that's a little fucker who was in there. Yeah. It 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 it's a movie that I. I think it, it's. I hear some backlash on it now and stuff like that, but I think it's. I think that. I think people forget about the awe and wonder that you had when the first time you saw this movie, mm-hmm. because it was so impressive. It was so impressive. And I think I think why the spirit failed is that it drew too much. Uh, like I've seen the tra- I haven't seen the spirit yet, and I wouldn't mind seeing it, but. Um, from the trailers that I've seen for it, it looked too similar to Sin City. Well, there's going to be a Sin City too, and it's going to look similar to Sin City. This is why I think Robert Rodriguez deserves so much credit because he 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 knows the energy that you need to use in a film like this. He knows the kind of actors that you need to employ to to do this sort of stuff. This is a guy who tests every aspect of the scene before he shoots it, you know, and, yeah, and rehearses and rehearses. Yes. And rehearses. I mean, his, you, you look at his behind the scenes stuff and his, his, his rough edits are damn near as good as the final cut. Like he's just, I, I am in love with Robert Rodriguez. I think that he's just brilliant. And he wears so many hats in his movies too. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. And composer. people criticize him for that. And that's ridiculous. It's his name on the fucking film. If he has the talent and the, and the ability to do as much as he does, then fucking give the guy credit for it. Don't keep fucking kicking the box out from under him. I know. I'm, yeah, I am, I am with you a hundred percent there with, yeah. with him being, yeah, one of the best yeah. out there yeah. today. I mean, I, look at his older films, fucking Desperado. Okay. I am not an action movie fan. Hmm. I fucking love Desperado. Like hmm. I, I love that movie. Like, how many times have you heard me listening to the fucking soundtrack for Desperado? And I don't yes. even like that kind of music, but it <laughs> makes me think of the movie, which I loved so much. And it wasn't just for Antonio Banderas. No. No. Yeah. Like, you know, fucking From Dust Till Dawn. I, I like the whole series From Dust Till Dawn, but yeah, From Dust no, Till Dawn, that, the first I'm, one was... Give the man his due. I'm talking about yes. his movie. His yes, movie. It was It was great. brilliant. I remember going to that in the theater and... Sitting there fucking through the whole movie going, where's the vampires? Where's the vampires? Where are the vampires? And the rest of the audience is going, what the fuck is with the vampires? Like, you know, <laughs> like they marketed it so brilliantly that people came in either expecting a horror film or a gangster heist, you know, like. It was yeah, because, just... uh, <gasps> and uh, even like George Clooney 
great. Oh, great in that. He shed the whole fucking doctor thing that he had going for ER, and mm-hmm. he became a movie star with one fucking film. And it's because of Robert Rodriguez. Like, you know, like, he's... Mm-hmm. Ah. I wish they'd stop putting Quentin Tarantino in movies, though. Hey... Don't trash on. I know Tarantino is a great director. He's a great director. And, and a visionary. You know what? The way Rodriguez uses him is generally for comic relief, and he does great with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the creepy brother in fucking oh, in, in Desperado. Dawn. In Desperado, where he's covered in that in the blood. Yep. Uh, that, that was yeah. great. <laughs> Anyhow, we should move okay. on here to uh Yeah, because Steven... we have gone way beyond Sin yeah. City. Um. Back to Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds. This uh, is the this is the retelling of the classic Orson Welles um, radio show and movie and all that good stuff and and uh, starring Tom Cruise and Dakota Fanning. Yeah. And what did you think? Um, it was all right to turn my brain off and watch it. Uh, I didn't have a, a problem with it too much. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it really got overshadowed with the whole fucking Tom Cruise hijinks with the Matt Lauer interview and jumping, jumping on Oprah's sofa and yeah. But like uh, that yeah, he should never have fired his publicist and hired his sister. But in a year of mediocrity, Spielberg really managed to lower himself to the level of mediocrity. <laughs> he, I mean, this is not classic Spielberg by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. And I, I'm, I'm not the bit world's biggest Spielberg fan, but I, I'll, I'll give the man his due, and he he phoned it in. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't even say too much about this because it was yeah. Well, he did two films that year. He did Munich as well. Yeah, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just there's nothing to say about it that I already haven't. Like, yeah. It was okay. The yeah. visuals were okay. Special effects, okay. <laughs> and the last of the sci-fi stuff we have to talk about is Star Wars Three, which we pretty much already bashed. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it just it like I said, it's it you know not as bad as Phantom Menace, but nowhere as good as the original trilogy. So. Yeah, and uh, Natalie Portman, I, I I like her as an actress. Oh, I'm sure one of her biggest regrets is getting mixed up with that franchise, though. It's got to be. Yeah, because, yeah. It, it, it managed not to completely railroad her career, but um, it certainly didn't help things. Okay, we're going to take uh, some time and talk about uh, some action films now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've discussed a few already, and um, also in 2005, there were some other releases, such as 
The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl in 3D, yet another Rod- Rodriguez film. And I, I kind of liked it actually. I yeah, I, 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 I watched most of it at uh, one of our local grocery stores. They had it playing as, as soon as it came out, and actually I watched I would say about three quarters of it there, and I kind of liked it. It was a cute little movie. Okay. But anyways, um, also Assault on Precinct 13, uh, Sahara, Stealth, and Triple X State of the Union. Ooh yes. <laughs> And uh, so ones we're going to talk about a little bit more in depth. Uh, first up, we have Unleashed, which I know Mark has got a big drop of dew hanging off his dick to talk about this movie. Oh, yes. Uh, also known as Danny the Dog, um, written by one of my favorites, Luke Besson, uh, starring Jet Lee and Morgan Freeman. And actually, Bob Hoskins is in this as well. Um, oh, who played the girl? Some chick. Yeah, some some chick. Um, it's about this uh this this boy who's taken from his mother and trained to be uh like kind of an ultimate fighter, like enforcer kind of guy. And uh he's treated like a dog. Called, like, well, I mean he's basically trained trained to be like a dog that would participate in dog fights or a yeah. cock that would in yeah. cockfights, you know, he's, he's and as soon as his collar comes off, when he's unleashed, he goes feral, and he, yeah, he is really unleashed, and yeah, he, yeah, unstoppable, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's a movie about him becoming human, yeah. And I loved it, I'd... it was, was a very cool movie. Mm-hmm. It, um, I, I, not a big Jet Li fan. He showed a little bit of range in this movie, but I think that the the sort of the people around him really kind of carried him through. Bob um, Hoskins is just despicable in this movie. Yeah, and uh, I actually uh, I like I like this role for Jet Li so that his his limited English wasn't a factor in yeah. this. Um, the, I don't know the the whole human slavery thing. There's there's something that's fascinating and yet really disturbing about it, and that really comes through in the movie. Like, I, I, I don't know. There was something about the movie that really um, drew me to it because I generally wouldn't be chasing down a Jet Li film. Um, probably as much as anything else, the the fact that it was a Besson uh, production and written by him as well got me there. But mm-hmm. it, the movie itself kept me engaged. It was it was a really really good movie. Yeah. Um... And yet another Morgan Freeman movie for this year. That's right, too. Uh, he did like three that we're that we're going to be talking about. I d- I just kind of forgot that he was in it, but yeah, he was uh, he was one of the he was the the blind piano yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Four Brothers, starring a Mark Wahlberg, Tyrese, Tyrese Gibson, Gibson, Andre Benjamin, yes, Terrence Howard, Josh Charles, who. Mark informs me was in a. Uh, Josh Charles? Was in stealth. Yeah. Josh Charles was in stealth? Oh, no. That was the other. That was the other with Josh. Yeah. yeah what are you talking about, dude? Yeah, so much for messing with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it also and it also stars, uh, what's her name? Fiona Flanagan. I can never pronounce Fiona. her name. Who yeah. plays who plays the mother of these four uh, foster sons that she's taken in and adopted, and is murdered. She she gets uh, killed in a uh, in a in the in the middle of a, a robbery, 
and the four sons get together to enact revenge. Yeah. For her. It, it was a surprisingly good movie. It's directed by John Singleton, who has a decent track record. I mean, he started yeah. off doing stuff like Boys in the Hood and um Yeah, like oh, Boys in the Hood. Yeah, I mean he he started off as as sort of a a really, really strong up and coming director. He kind of lost his way for a little while. But um Four Brothers is your basic average action film like you know it, it's um really not the kind of material you would expect him to be associated with but maybe his association with it is what makes it a little bit better than than average mm-hmm. um yeah mark Wahlberg, good actor i like i like his acting more than his singing i mean from time to time I, yeah. he needs he needs a strong hand to guide him he he's not the kind of guy who can you know j- get up on stage and start ripping up Hamlet, you know? And uh, he is going to have to find a bigger range as well. Uh, he does seem to play the same guy over and over, but, uh, yeah. To varying degrees. He, he does but, it well. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, Andre 3000 in this from uh, Outcast. Uh, Andre Benjamin. Yeah, he did an okay job yeah. as one of the brothers. So. Uh, next up is The Legend of Zorro. Oh, with one of your favorite people in it. Yes, I keep asking for him for Christmas and I never get him. <laughs> Mr. Antonio Banderas. Yes. <laughs> and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Uh, they. This is like a sequel to the, the original one. Yeah. yeah. They're married now. They've got a little kid. And uh, California's uh, pending statehood is causing all kinds of grief. And, uh, yes, they have to go save the day. Yeah, the, the the big downfall downfall of the sequel is the kid. Um, that Zorro is now a family man and yada, yada, yada. It, it, it really brings everything to a crashing halt. This was, again, directed by Martin Campbell, the guy who did the original Mask of Zorro, and mm-hmm. he's done several Bond films, including uh, Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, a, he's a great action director, but there just wasn't a story there. I mean, this was definitely a trip back to the well to pull up a few more buckets of money and it just should have either been mm-hmm. not done been, or this should not have been green lighted we'll yeah put it that way not not in this incarnation i mean these are great characters the first film is so good oh yeah I you know it. but they they could have they could have waited until maybe they had a stronger story to to, to go tripping back yeah, because they could do it now even and do a much better job. Uh, as, long, yeah. as long as the story's there, right? Like, yeah, that, but I, I have to agree with you. I Even when I was a kid, I didn't really care for when the kid saves the day in the movies because it just didn't seem realistic. Well, the thing is when you throw a kid into the movie, they automatically put him in peril and... You know, then all of a sudden your 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 lead character has to make a decision that he ordinarily wouldn't have to make kind of thing, right? It puts him mm-hmm. in this, you know, do you do you do something for the greater good or do you do it for your own kind of thing, right? And invariably they manage some convoluted way to do both. serve both, yes. And it's just yeah. it sucks the drama out of it, so rather than, than breathe drama into it. Let's carry on. Next up, we've got uh, Tom Young Goon, better known as the Protector. It's a it's a Thai movie. Um, 
with uh, Tony Ja. You might remember him from Ong Back. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, he he was uh, kind of billed as the new Jackie Chan. Like his action sequences are stunning to watch. Stunning. You haven't watched minute one of his action sequences, so I don't know what you're talking about. Right? I'm bringing your point home, dude. Yeah, but this the, this this movie is uh, about um, an elephant gets kidnapped from this this town. It, it's Thailand, man. Elephants are, are are revered there. Was it Thomas Edison? Because I know what that fucker's going to do with it. I know he's going to electrocute the little bastard, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but uh, and so Tony Jaa is the protector. He is. Uh, it's his job to protect these elephants, um, and he has to go into the big city to find to find these elephants. And uh, it's it's an amazing little action movie. Uh, if you have not seen it, I recommend it. I know you do not care for this. this I am style refraining of from movie. making fun. No, but I know that you don't care for this action or the, the, this style of action movie. But um, just, just, just watching what this guy can do is amazing. Cool. Yeah, just like yeah. Now we're coming to the point where I'm sure. Martini has been waiting with bated breath for the next two hours. We're going to be discussing Transporter Two. <laughs> uh, no, it's not going to be that long <laughs> because, as as people know, yes, I am a big Jason Jason Statham fan. I bought all the, all the DVDs. I have many of his movies. Have you DVD. seen the teaser posters for Crank Two yet? I have. <laughs> I I even though I know how Crank ended, I don't know how they're going to bring his character back, but uh I am waiting. I am just waiting for that movie. Uh yeah, uh he is a transporter. He transports goods in his car uh from A to B. He doesn't ask questions, except it seems as all he does is ask questions. This one here was not as good as the first movie. The first movie was okay. This one <laughs> was okay. Dude, you don't have to minimize the fact that you love these movies. You don't. Embrace the fact that you love and love them and fuck the world. Who gives a shit? I did enjoy it the second time round. The first time I was sadly disappointed when I first watched it. Uh but yeah, the the second time watching it, I kind of enjoyed it. There were a couple of pieces on it that were like, "Wow, that's kind of hokey." But... Kind of hokey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I I don't want to completely trash it because it, it is one of my favorite little guys here. I wasn't trashing it. I was just I was reiterating, kind of hokey. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I don't think that I I wholeheartedly believe that there is no shame in loving something that the rest of the world may not say is is that great we'll be we'll be getting probably in the next episode we'll be talking about our we'll be doing our top five lists and we'll include the ones that were put on in the comment sections and and you know i there there were some inclusions there that that you know that um ross 
was, you know, he made, he made apologies for it. Fuck that. Don't make apologies for it. Embrace <laughs> the fact that you loved it. For whatever mm-hmm. reason, you have a connection to these films. And so what? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, In... like the next film that we're going to talk about is Domino. Yeah. Which I fucking love. Like, I, like, seriously, dude, like, I had, <laughs> I had the release date to DVD of Domino on my calendar. See, I I saw this in the theater about a month before it was released. Aren't you special? I am special. And uh, I enjoyed a lot of parts of it. Um, I didn't enjoy it as much as you did. I love it. Domino is is such an exercise in excess. And I love that about it. Like, you know, Tony Scott fucking threw everything, including the fucking kitchen sink, into the fucking movie. And he, he uses every fucking bag, every everything that's in his fucking bag of tricks is there, you know, from from the camera styles, the camera stocks, the image processing, the fucking speed variations, the, mm-hmm. I mean, and I love that about it, you know, like, this was his follow-up to Man on Fire, and he played a lot with, you know, different film stocks and, and all that sort of stuff with it, mm-hmm. and and then he fucking came over to Domino and he fucking jacked it up. Like it was like, yeah, it had an injection of speed. I love there. I love the energy level. Like I, I, I will admit like it was a fascinating watch. It was, I, I did not hate it. I loved it. I, I, like, I, I, I enjoyed it. This was, you know, this was probably the first Kira Knightley movie I saw. Really? And it may to this day still be the only Kira Knightley movie I've seen. <laughs> And I really enjoyed her in it. I fucking Mickey Rourke was awesome in it. I forget who the guy that plays uh what was his name? Chi, the the the, the third in their trio uh, Choco? of Choco. Choco. Edgar Ramirez. <sighs> yeah, I, I enjoyed him very I much. I figured you would enjoy him yes. a lot. Uh I liked I like Delroy Lindo. Uh he played uh Claremont Williams. He was the I think the guy that, that gave them all their assignments. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, Monique was great in it. She uh, was fucking hysterical. Macy Gray. Oh, she was fantastic. Like I love everything about this movie. I, I I'm sorry if it, you know it. it, it it's well, so much okay. fun. In in an upcoming uh, episode, probably uh, after we do one of the uh, '70s through 2000 sets. We will have one of our uh, guilty pleasures. See, I don't call them guilty pleasures. I call them bad movies I love. <laughs> well, which is a guilty pleasure. Because I have no guilt in it. There's okay. no guilt involved for me. I love them. Fuck it. Alrighty, but But we we will probably be talking about this as well as the last movie, Transporter 2. <laughs> uh, because, yeah, there are there are movies that yeah the regular, the regular public may not like as much as we do. For different reasons. But they have their place in our hearts. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Tony Scott. Yeah. Tony, you know, Tony Scott lost me. I mean, his his first oh. film was The Hunger, which is one of my favorite films of all time. And then he proceeded to shit out a bunch of fucking Tom Cruise movies. Oh, yeah. And this, let's add an orange filter to it. Yeah. Let's add an orange filter to it. Yeah. And then he brought yeah. it back home with uh, True Romance. And I've loved everything he's done since. Yeah, True so, Romance was an yeah. awesome little movie. And I think Dom, Domino was sort of the pinnacle of, of everything that he's sort of thrown into a film up to that point, and he just 
brought it all into Domino and just, like I said, it, it's just an exercise in excess, and I love it. Uh, he is redoing uh, the Warriors. Yeah, we in two thousand ten. Talked about that before. Yeah, that's okay. And the last action film that we have left to talk about is Hostage with Bruce Willis. Yes, um, I went to go see this with Big Mike. Let's maybe talk about what the movie was about rather than our. Yeah, um, I I went into it knowing nothing about it. Yeah, I I picked it up because it's a Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I do and I that's, like Bruce and Willis. that's why I went to go see it yeah. because yeah, it was a Bruce Willis movie, and uh, yeah, he plays this uh, uh, hostage negotiator, uh, which he has did. a bad <laughs> a bad episode. Yeah, and uh, ends up. Uh, leaving it all behind and becomes a, uh, a a sheriff in this small town which doesn't have any crime. Yeah. Until, Until one now. day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh yeah, it's it's a fun movie, you know, like it's 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 brain dead action um crap <laughs> that is probably elevated by the fact that Bruce Willis is in it. Yeah, and uh, actually, Rumor Willis plays his daughter in yeah. this again. Yeah, uh, yeah, yet again. Yeah. Oh no, I uh, guess it was she played Demi's daughter in striptease. That's right. Yeah, uh, Ben Foster, who is the, fucking awesome in it. He uh, played the uh, little creepy little guy. Yeah, at, uh, he was in um, X Men and yeah. uh, Alpha Dog, and yeah, he's 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 great in it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, cool movie. It was it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was it was a good waste of two hours. I I, I won't demand those hours back. No. Um, yeah, and it was it, it was kind of a return for Bruce Willis to like a pure action format. Yeah. 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 And thank goodness. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I you know. I, like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of the action genre per se, but I mean I do enjoy Bruce Willis. He he knows how to bring it. Yeah, and uh, for everything like action and comedy, yeah. I, drama. Oh, drama! Yeah, in country and yeah, like I, um, Mortal Thoughts. He's he's good. He's good. Yeah. Okay, so that's it for part one of uh, 2005. Um, <laughs> hope you're enduring this as, <laughs> as well as possible. We're, we should have done a lot more filtering of, of titles and stuff like that, but bear with yeah, us. Yeah, there was a lot of We're titles. learning. We're new. <laughs> yeah, look how pretty we are. <laughs> um, yeah. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the first half. Yes, and I am off to 7-Eleven for nachos, so... Until uh, next time, you can uh, send us some comments at hermophobia.blogspot.com or send us an email at hermophobia at gmail.com or um, yeah. uh, Loser uh, or send me 7-Eleven nachos. Uh, you wouldn't want to get home. them in the mail. That'd be horrible. Please, there's so much processed shit in there that it'll be good by the time it yeah, gets actually, here. Actually, it'll probably still be fresh. That's right. It'll probably still be steaming. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. I don't know what's in that cheese. <laughs> That's not cheese. It is time to say. 
Aloha. That too. Which also means goodbye. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're taking Mark to the methadone clinic tomorrow, so. Woo. Yes. Um, until then. <laughs> <laughs> bye, uh, bye, have bye. a good one. Bye-bye. Bye.